if it's not a lifestyle, you're always going to bump up against pain and problems of yeah. like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. Or should I work out today? I don't know. No, no, no. If, if you're already at that point, you've lost, right? Yeah. So it's about the prehab and setting things up of like, okay, I I live a healthy lifestyle. And part of that lifestyle is, yes, I intentionally move my body. I intentionally do resistance training. Now I'm down to like two to three times a week. Here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, 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 it's a beautiful day. Yes, a beautiful day indeed to go out west. That's where we're heading today. But before we get into that journey... I'd like you to just take your phone if you have it in the upper right hand corner. You could hit one of those three buttons and you could forward this show to a dear friend who may really value the content in this episode. And some of you may remember the episode we put out back in March while we're here for round two. Yes, it's my good friend Evan Money. He's back for another look. Life to the full isn't a place to be discovered, rather It's a place I will help you create. That's a quote direct from Evan Money. He is a mastermind specialist. He's a coach. He's an author. He's a filmmaker. He's a man of integrity. As his wife Susan says, his yes is his yes and his no is his no. You better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride to sunny Southern California from the Music City to hang out with Evan Money. So where do we go this time, Evan? How about we go into the motion picture business? Sure. We got the music <laughs> business locked down. We can talk movie. We'll have a great time. Yeah. So so where did your interest, uh, is this from way back, something you always wanted to do that you got into produ- producing films? I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Well, it's just like with music, right? To me, and this is just me, but who who hasn't dreamed of making a movie? That was kind of my take. So quick yeah. story, my brother and I, we grew up in Southern California. And as you mentioned last show, right, there was not the silver spoon in our mouth. It was the broken spork, right? That was right. kind of where we were. <laughs> but back in those days, you know, as my kids like to laugh, the 1900s, <laughs> uh, and, and the 80s at that. Um, yeah. So that's when my, my brother and I were teens. We, we were blessed to be in Southern California because back then they actually filmed movies out here back then. So yeah. We were able to find our way on some movie sets. Uh, we ran around town filming shorts before that was even a term with our VHS camera. Yeah. That my mom financed from Sears somehow, five bucks a month or whatever. <laughs> and so what was so great about VHS, right? Because there's no way we could have done Super 8 and did it in editing and all that stuff. So when you got a VHS camcorder, that's our little tool to film shorts and there's no video editing. Like nowadays, right, you can do it on your phone. You got all, I mean, just the whole, you and I understand what it used to take to create content. Oh yeah. Uh, so 
with all that, um, we really it, 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 it was a blessing because it forced us to have, we had one take. That's all we had. Like, if you're going to make this short, you got no money, you got one take. So you got to yeah. get it right. And we had to film a chronological order. So we would go from shoot to shoot to shoot, you know, and make it work. And you better not fall. You better not mess up your line. And so that that helped me and helped train me uh, for the later in life. So that was kind of the, the dream of always doing that. And then my brother and I have a wild tale, which would take an entire episode of we did cosplay before that was a term. Again, early adopter. Uh, my brother was getting into special effects makeup, so he dressed me up and we went to Salvation Army and got a suit, dyed it purple. We drew, excuse me, but we drew because we couldn't afford to buy a real suit. So we drew the pinstripes with a Sharpie right. and, a, and a ruler. So we had this wild Joker outfit for you hardcore Batman fans from the Killing Joke version. Uh, a few of your listeners know what that is. Yeah. And we roll up on Hollywood Boulevard to Man's Chinese Theater back when you could watch movies there. And for the opening night of Batman, and that was 89, 90, right around that term with uh, Michael Keaton Batman. And that was yeah. pre, you know, any of these superhero movies. And so it was a thing, right? The line was way around the building. It was a huge thing. Long story short, my brother and I, after a comedy of errors, we end up being escorted to the VIP suite at the top of Man's Chinese Theater. And I'm watching the movie and I'm leaning over the the, the railing because this is old, epic, gothic theater. I mean, the theater is incredible. Yeah. Um, it's kind of similar to you guys in, in Nashville, right? Grand Old Opry, right? Yeah, I was, I was up yeah. in the top pews, right? You know, looking down and... <laughs> And people thought I was Jack Nicholson because they got this guy dressed up with green hair and a crazy suit. And so I got a standing <laughs> ovation at Man's Chinese Theater. Um, and I always remember that. And so ever since these experiences, I always dreamt of making movies. Yeah. And I watched, because again, I could use my, my, again, we're all loyal to our limitations, James. Yeah. Uh, so my limitation back then was, well, I don't have any money. I don't have any connections, you know, da, 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 da. Yeah. And so I, I was loyal to those limitations, number one, because I made them up. Therefore, I'm loyal to them. Just like yes. you, James, you're loyal to your songs because you wrote them. Right. <laughs> Those are my songs, right? These are my limitations. I made them up. I want to keep them. Yeah. But I watched technology start shifting. Wow, now we can film digitally. Wow, now we can do this. Wow, wow, prices really come down. Wow. Wait, I don't even need distribution if I don't want to, right? Like, I have YouTube. I have all this stuff. And so... Finally, one day, James, I'm sitting on my couch, probably like you, and I watched a documentary that I was excited to see. I mean, literally, I was frisking my uh, male person from the Netflix disc, right? Did it come yet? Did it come yet? Where is it? Yeah. I watched a documentary, and I'm sitting on my couch watching it, actually, this couch right behind me, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, man, it, this, this documentary thing, it can't be that hard. And I'm flashing back to my brothers and I shorts and one take. I'm like, it can't be that hard. There's got to be a way to do this. And so I stood up and said, I'm going to make a documentary. And the next day in the shower, and here's a lesson for the people in the shower. If you ever notice, uh, most people get great ideas in the shower. Yes. Probably because their phone's not in there with them. Yeah. Uh, and most people sadly leave their great ideas in the shower. You know, most people have a multi-million dollar shower. 
and they go, oh, what are you talking about? I don't live where you live, and I just live in this junky apartment, or I'm over here. You know, my shower is not worth millions of dollars. Yes, it is, because you got millions of dollars worth of ideas still sitting there that you yeah. haven't taken action on. So I have a waterproof tablet that I, I spent all of twenty dollars for on Amazon. That's for underwater divers. Well, yeah. I, I can imagine diving not underwater, but for <laughs> divers, right? <laughs> And so I put it in my shower. So when I get a great idea in the shower, I can write it down. So it has a better chance of coming with me out of the shower and turning into reality. So God gives me this great, great download in the shower. Words of art. I'm like, okay, that's the title. Here we go. So I started with the title. I started with, hey, I had this vision. I uh, Earlier, I went to, years, a couple of years back, I went to the funeral of Jim Rohn. And oh, okay. I realized like, wow, you know, we had a discussion part one about Bob Proctor and some of this yeah. stuff. And I realized like the Zig Ziglar's, the Bob Proctor's, even though Bob was supposed to live to a hundred, but we can, we can talk about that. But all, all the greats of personal growth are getting much older, not in great health. And I was like, I need to do something to showcase these, these, these great minds. And so God gave me the vision words of art. So I'm like, okay, let's look at words as an art form. And so that's where I started. And I made an intention, got up off the couch. And wouldn't you know, James, the next weekend, I'm at an event. And it's one of these personal growth events. They got you know big names on the stage. And then they have the sponsor, you know, alley, right, where everyone's got their booths. And so there's a particular speaker I wasn't really aligned with. So I'm like, OK, I'll go check out the sponsors and walk around and meet people, do all that stuff. And I, I'm at this, this booth that wasn't really set up. And there's a guy like fiddling with stuff. And I was just like, hey, you need some help? And he turned around and said, oh, no, no, I'm just finishing up and that and I go, well, tell me a little bit about you. What's your story? He goes, oh, I'm a documentary, I'm a docu documentary filmmaker. I'm like, huh, you don't say. <laughs> so just, just last week, I decided I was gonna make a documentary and now I'm talking to you. And I said, well, who have you worked with? And he started naming all these big names like Les Brown and all this stuff. And I'm like, hmm. That's very interesting. I'm like, so no coincidence. God's like, okay, if you want to make a personal growth documentary, here's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and so I verbally vomited all over him, James, as you can yeah. imagine that I'm highly skilled at. I verbally <laughs> vomited in my dream all over, right? Like, okay. And so he wipes it all off, right? And he goes, here's my card, call me. So that was Saturday. Monday morning, I'm calling him. And he picks up the phone. He's like, who's this? Who? Who? And I had to remind him kind of who I was. And he laughed and he says, I dig this, James. He he laughs and goes, and you could probably relate a music story to this. He laughs and says, I can't believe you called me. I'm like, what? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, do you know how many people come up to me and tell me they want to make a movie and they want to do this and I was going to be so great and da, 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 and they never call me. I was like, well, that's not me. I'm like, I'm taking action. Let's make this happen. And so that's why I ended up getting the name for my production company. It's called Take Action Productions. Awesome. Because unless you take action, nothing happens. It's true. And for those, Yeah, for those that are listening that, again, want to eliminate their pain and problems, like we talked about in, in, the, in the first one, in part one, and you're really excited about making your dream comes to whether it's through music, whether it's through film, whether it's through whatever, the only thing that's separating you from your dream is action. Right. That's it. Yeah. Now people say, well, no, I don't have money. I don't have a connection. No, no, no. It's the action to go get those things. 
Yeah. And so that's why, again, I named it Take Action Production. So after doing two documentaries, then we started producing different projects and going down this different trail and learning and failing and making all these mistakes and understanding how the the Hollywood world turns and how it's upside down right now. And it's even more so, but still involved in that industry and really enjoy the process of that as well. Going back to our off air part one of why is this taking so long? <laughs> that's, that's what every filmmaker says about every project. Right? Yeah. Why is it taking so long? <laughs> so that's kind of the story with that. Yeah, you know, you uh, you you hit on a really big one. It's the the art of decision. Um, you know, and and people do that. They constantly um, invent ways to not succeed by just not deciding and just like they will not make a decision. And you know, you end up paralyzed and doing nothing, and uh, not a good way to to get a movie made. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that from the music side because I could I could see that. You know, we're all masters at justifying our inaction right yeah you know our our justifications are awesome because we made them up right so yeah i'm sure in the music world you you could call that you know hey writer's block or music block when it's really like okay i'm just lazy and i don't want to finish this music piece but talk about that in your life and music and how you come up against that what tools have you used to get past that well i i tell you the truth um I didn't like the business, you know, back in the late 80s and everything. And I kind of formed a um, almost like a barrier against because I ran into a lot of people that I just didn't like the way they did business. It was, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And it's, but it said this, this should have nothing to do with me as an artist. I still um, can go and continue my art. And, you know, I was I was in another career for a long time. Uh, as as a um, electrical electrical contractor and telecommunications contractor, um, I don't know if I shared that with you. That that was a, a, a lot of the time, most of the time, raising my kids. I was doing that, and went from the humble beginnings to MetLife Stadium and all these professional sports complexes, which was a rush to do that, to be there and doing that. You know, and I I always laugh because when they opened the uh, the Devils Arena. The guys that I was working with that built the sound systems were from California and uh, Diversified Sound. And I remember they had my CD and they were testing the system. (laughs) And they always credited Bon Jovi with opening the thing. I said, no, he didn't open it. My music opened that. (laughs) (laughs) And it is is true. And and the same thing happened at uh, Giant Stadium. Well, it was called MetLife Stadium. Like a year or two later, we were doing that job. And same thing, same team was back there. They had just come off of building the Dallas Stadium and they were in there. And it, so they d- did a test with my next album and started playing that. So I had some fun with that. But, um, but as far as what you were talking about creating, I remember as a kid wiring different reel-to-reels together so that I could multi-track because there was no mm. such thing as multi-track. I yeah. learned that from yeah. John Lennon. Because, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, it's, this is how you had to do it. You, you had other tracks in you. And, you know, Les Paul, of course, started the whole thing in the 50s. But you did whatever you, whatever means you had, you still made the music, you know, and you just kept going. And that was the fascinating part is going from one uh, to the next as the technology kept coming out. Then they had multi-track cassette. I was the first one to have that. <clears throat> and... um you know, your, your artistry 
got better with your songwriting, with your vocals, with your guitar playing. Everything kept coming up because I was always like hands on everything. I wanted to know it all. And uh, to this day, you know, I've kind of kept up with that. And now I work in like, you know, studios. I never even had any idea that I would be working in. And it got faster, more organized and better quality of everything as, as you move along. But nothing should stop you from, uh, and my newest thing is to to connect to the music business in a way that is um, through podcasting. And that's going to be kind of my way, how I reconnect to it in a business sense. The branded song um, also connecting me as a writer and an artist with people who want a bigger brand, I think is a, is, it's a different way to go. And I feel like I would rather share this wealth of fun <laughs> rather than I don't need to keep all this to myself mm -hmm. and it's all about me, 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 me. You know, it's it's more like, you know, how can you make it cool and make it really interesting and fun for everybody? Yes. And that's the yes. joy of it, you know? And it's like, you know, when you're all in on a project and everybody's coming up with ideas and the thing and, you know, you can just let people's imaginations run and go, yeah, that is cool. Let's try that, you know, um, rather than be all about, well, I wrote it this way or, you know, mm. I arranged it like mm. this. You mm. hold on too tight and you, missed all, you miss all the gold, you know, that's coming yeah. out. Oh, no, it's so, so good. Yeah, yeah, what's coming up is we do that with our lives with God, right? Like, no, no, yeah. I got it this way. And I was like, man, I want to do so much more. No, 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 we're fighting for our limitations, right? Like, I see it this way, this way. And God's yeah. like, we let's go here. Oh, no, no, I want to stay right, and it's this. Well, yeah, you brought so it up good. in in our part one meeting. We were talking like part one, part two, right? Uh, about the Bible, and and you know, like you said, somebody who wants to just grab it and read it all the way through. Now, I have a friend who just started to do that, and she said she always wanted to do this, and she made it like a project. She's going to go a little each day, and it took her a long time. But she was really ingesting it. And for me, who's I've been reading scripture for, for a while now, and I still come away with different um, applications in my particular journey in life with that same part in Matthew that I read like countless times. Mm. And I read it for with fresh eyes once again and said, I'd never picked this up, you know? And uh, I think it. I think God wrote it in that way that mm. we're not supposed to just be a one and done and say, mm. you know, there's lessons in there for us every day and every time we visit with that and pick up new meaning out of scripture that we've read again and again. So I really enjoy that, and I try to pick it apart a little bit and and say, what is what 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 is really being said here? Am I really digging down and and getting underneath? the value of this. And to your point, if you take your time and like really, really enjoy it, you know, not just, I'm going to get through this psalm and be done and I'm going to go have breakfast. You know, it's like, well, that is your breakfast. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's kind of my take on that. But, but yeah, the music business has, has been through some peril um, with, you know, streaming is, is a, um, as a as as a consumer, I love it. As an artist, I sort of hate it um, mm. because it's taken away a lot of things from artists. But it's also given them opportunities too. 
like for instance, Spotify, you have to look at that as, well, it's more of a marketing tool than, you know, unless you're, you're a huge artist and then you can make money because they just go into millions and millions of streams and the cumulative effect of that turns into, you know, some decent money. I'm sure I haven't experienced that, but, um, but that, I think that's the way you have to look at it. So you have to embrace what's there for the taking and kind of mold your career as what do you want it to be? And I want it to be entertainment, but service, you know, I want to find a way to serve others and really do something cool with it. Um, I'm not really much of a bar guy. I don't like being in bars playing. It's just, I gave that up years and years ago, but mm-hmm. places where people really want to listen and listen mm-hmm. for um, the nuances and the mm-hmm. silences, because the best mm-hmm. part of music is sometimes the silences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love all that. And a noisy bar with, I got 22 TVs on this wall and 19 over there. And, you know, everybody's texting and trying to get dates and order drinks and eat and yell and scream. And it's like, you can't hear yourself think, let alone what somebody's singing a song about. But but some people like that, um, that lifestyle and that, you know, that environment for it. It's just not for me. Uh, You know, other places are for me. So, Um, but it's good. I, I tell people that you have to, um, enjoy your life in music. Don't don't let the music business dictate who you are as an artist. It has nothing to do with that. You know, if you create good music, keep doing it, and and just you find another way to sustain your craft and your your artistry. Um, you can do it that way. You know, I became an electrical contractor not because I had a desire for that. I wanted to fuel my music business. Mm. And my ability to go in the studio anytime I want and record music. So um, I didn't need and it. And your ability to open up billion dollar arenas with your music. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> People couldn't get over that. It's like, hey, that sounded really good. You know, they're telling me after. I wasn't there when they played it the first time. But yeah, it's uh, you got to find your own way and stay true to, to who you are and what you are, you know. So tell me about... Um, um, you, you and your work, I mean, you're, you're in really good shape. So, um, I was checking out some of your photos. You look like a UFC fighter, man. What do you do? Like, what's your, what's your training every day? You in the, you're a gym rat or you, you know, run, what do you do? Uh, well, that, that's an extreme pain point for me. Cause back in part one, I shared a little bit about, you know, I grew up in my early twenties in a yes. toxic bodybuilding lifestyle. Right. Okay. So do do we want to not touch that or? Well, no, because it was, again, it it just shows you. So uh, now it helps me understand where my limitations come from and where my body dysmorphia comes from. So I appreciate the praise, but when I see myself, I don't see that. Okay. I see, you know, like the, like the, the old fun house is carnival mirrors, right? Like uh, it's a distorted view. And I, I, I tell my clients and friends and you know, people that I mentor all the time, like you, you, you can't see the label. You can't see the outside label when you're inside the bottle. Right. Right. And when right. you're inside the bottle, right. Looking out, everything's distorted. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll do that on, on a music sense, right? Like you yeah. as a podcaster, right. The, you know, anyone listening to this have just imagine, just picture yourself when you hear yourself on a recording. Yeah. So, and you listen to it and you go, I don't sound like that. That doesn't yeah. that, that's not right. I don't sound yeah. like that. Or when you see a picture of yourself 
you know, whether you're playing, you know, analyzing a golf shot or, you know, goofing around with the kids or whatever. You see yourself on video and you go, I don't move like that, do I? I, don't, you know, yeah. I was jumping so high, right? And yeah. you're like, I'm like this. Yeah. Right? So that's proof that we can't hear and we can't see reality. Yes. We don't see the world how we don't see things how they are. We see things how we are. Right. And so we're inside this bottle, we see this distortion. And so I'm in this distorted, toxic bodybuilding world of just do anything. The answer was always more. Get yeah. bigger, stronger, faster. And so my thing right. was like, okay, well, if I work out seven days a week, twice a day, then I can get bigger, stronger, faster, da, da, da. not understanding, yeah. you know, genetics, not understanding diet, like just doing everything wrong. Yeah. Trying to get like these guys in the magazine, not even understanding that how fake that is, uh, you know, pre-social media, all that stuff. And right. so that has shaped kind of my, my body dysmorphia, but I've now discovered that it doesn't matter whether it's bodybuilding or I've got a, a client partner that I work with. He's work, working out his perfectionism and his work, you know, his, his toxic work habit of, oh, I always have to be working and I can't take a day off because if I take a day off, I'm losing ground. Yeah. And that was just like me. If I'm not in the gym, I'm not getting bigger. When the right. reality is your muscles only grow when you're resting, not when All you're right. lifting weights. And yeah. so I finally realized, wow, less is more. Wow, yeah. the less I work out. You know, because I, I started, you know, that was in your 20s. You can pretty much do anything, right? Yeah, you're right. Old. Then, yeah. you know, come third, come my late 20s, I started, you know, I tore both my pecs, tore my hamstring, like everything's Oof. falling apart. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm doing what the magazine says. And then finally, I, I realized like, hey, less is more. Yeah. I need to rest more instead of work out more. Right. And, you know, changing my diet and understanding like, hey, how do I make this? Here's the key to, to help the people listening that are, are looking for these kind of goals. It's like, OK, if it's not a lifestyle, you're always going to bump up against pain and problems of yeah. like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. Or should I work out today? I don't know. No, no, no. If, if you're already at that point, you've lost. Right. Yeah. So it's about the prehab and setting things up of like, OK, I I live a healthy lifestyle and part of that lifestyle is yes i intentionally move my body i intentionally do resistance training now i'm down to like two to three times a week and i'm doing a lot less and i'm getting a lot more and it was just this constant dynamic journey of oh hey those foods don't work hey i can improve this hey i can improve that hey i can improve that you know i i yeah. clicked on the tom brady stuff maybe i started about 10 years ago uh, I hired, uh, you know, I could name drop, right? You know, A-list, whatever guy's trainer. And he was the first one that got me started on pliability. And then I was always fighting him on it though. Cause I'm like, no, no, no I need to be lifting. And he's like, no, yeah. you need to be moving your body and getting out of this plane, right? You need to yeah. be more fluid and dynamic. That's why you're, everything's torn and red. Oh, okay. Then when I read Tom Brady's book, I really locked in like, oh, okay. Pliability. Ah, it's about what I'm doing before the actual workout. Right. I'm preparing my muscles for what I'm going to be doing. Then I'm going to do my short and sweet. That's me like short and sweet, quick workout. You know, then I'm going to recover my muscles with a little bit of pliability. And then I'm going to put quality food in me. And that is a lifestyle. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I wonder what. I'm... No, it's just that's just in me. That's how we move it. And so whatever you make a lifestyle, then you don't have to think about it anymore. Then yeah. all the pressure's off. You never just, just hey. This is a lifestyle. This is what I do. 
And so I still would love, you know, I have, we'll go old school here. I still have my He-Man action figure on the, the shelf in my office. And I still right. look at his arms like, ah, that would be nice. But <laughs> I realize like, okay, let's look at my genetics, my body structure, what I have to work with. And I'm now getting better at receiving my bride's compliments and other people's compliments and saying, hey, you know what? I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yes. And that has been, but again, it, it just goes down to like, how do I make it a lifestyle? Because if I had to think about it, I've already lost and it's too late. So that's a, a little bit of that long journey for me. But you're happy now. Well, yes, and uh, I learned along the way, right? This slow journey, right? It wasn't a, and I love hearing the stories. Don't get me wrong. And if people are, you know, you're gonna have people on your show that are like this. So I don't want to put their 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 episode down but yeah i hear people that are like okay i was down in the dumps everything was going wrong i was bankrupt i was paralyzed I was this is this and then boom god said this and it's been straight up from there right and i'm like good for you but my journey is like this 10 15 year long of like one degree at a time like <laughs> shh, yeah shh, and it was just that finally finally getting the ship in the right direction right and then per our uh, episode number one right dynamic versus static now that the ship's going in the right direction yeah or plane or ship whatever i realize like hey i'm off course most of the time so right. how do we course correct quickly so we can get to where we want to go so all of us listening to this podcast we've all been on an airplane before right it's, it, this analogy is so simple but it lands for a lot of people yeah you get on an airplane, whether it's private, commercial, whatever, and you're flying from Nashville to LA, you're going to come see me, right? You get in the <laughs> air, that plane is off course 99% of the time. Right. But what are the yeah. pilots doing or the autopilot doing? It's just course correcting. Yeah. Little, little bit. Okay, course correct. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Have you ever, James, have you ever been on a flight, you know, it, you know, hub, there's a Southwest hub down there. You're taking a little Southwest flight or whatever. Have you ever been on a flight and have the pilot flying out of the cockpit, break down crying, going, oh, of course, it's such a failure. So that's the joy in the, in the game of life for me is understanding it's just about these quick course corrections. Yeah. And if I'm not happy now, I'm never going to be happy. That was the trap I finally finally got around of like, well, I'll be happy when we get here. I'll be happy when we get here. Let me talk last show. I'll be happy when I make my first movie. Well, I'll be happy when I make my second movie. I'll be happy when I get my doctorate. I'll yeah. be happy when I do this. I'll be, right? So if you're not happy now, you can never be happy. And the grass is always greener where you water it. So yeah. it's like, okay, how do I water my own grass and realize that here is always the best place to be where in a static human nature mindset, it's always like there looks better. Well, as soon as I get there, it'll be good. As soon as I get there. And the second we land the plane on there, then they're here. And then we're like, <laughs> oh, if I can just get there, oh, I can just get there, right? And yeah. a lot of us have been in that doom loop cycle. So to go back to your happiness point, yes, I'm happy because that's a choice. And understanding that when there's times when I'm not happy, I look at the choices and like, oh, I'm holding on to a limiting belief or I'm choosing to react instead of respond and like, hey, let's let's move towards that. So there, there's a lot packed in that short question, but thank you. 
So many, you're welcome. And so many people, it's it's almost like this should be taught in in grade school about the happiness factor because everybody is the same. Everybody falls for it. And the, what you just said is repeated ad nauseum constantly in every country in the world. If I just get this, if I just get, you know, it's it's always the same thing. And it's like... No, sorry, but that's not the way. That's not the way the world works. It's really, um, I I think achieving goals um, are really great, and and it it is a, there's a satisfaction in it, but it's not the end all be all. It's like you, when you finish the goal, you're not really any more necessarily happy. I think you you feel the sense of accomplishment, but. Again, what I said in in episode one is that all there is. Wait a minute, what? What? Where's all the? Yeah. Where's all the nirvana? You know, yeah. it just it was yeah. there for a split second, and then now what? You know, so it's like time to set another goal and just try to have a life of sustainability and productivity if that's what makes you happy. And I I think if we can opt for that then we're doing something positive and do it in a way that that gives uh, service to others, which is Absolutely. kind of the icing on the yeah. cake, you know, for yeah. most of and, us. Yeah, that, that reminded me, because I'll go back to a music thing. When you, you talked about that, I'll, I'll just quick story. So my bride and I went to the most incredible marriage seminar that we've ever been to. And it was a Pat Benatar concert. Oh, <laughs> and wow. so I surprised her. Pat's one of her favorites. And this was gosh, this was maybe five, six years ago. Yeah. And, you know, Pat and Neil are getting up there. So I'm like, hey, yeah. you know, this could be the last year. And they, they weren't yeah. playing close. So I had to drive like an hour and a half, but it was worth it. So I surprised my bride with a Pat Benatar concert. And I'm watching this concert. And they're in their 70s. They're like my bride's parents' age. Both of my yeah. parents are now. So I'm looking at this concert. First of all, Pat sounded fantastic. Yeah. And I, we've all seen shows, right, where you can tell, you know, whoever it is is kind of like phoning it in, right? Yeah, they're, right. they're playing, going, okay, how soon can the set be done so I can get out of here, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, like this was like, this is, she sung Hit Me With Your Best Shot like it's the first time she ever sang it. Wow. Like, like she was on MTV back in the day, right? Yeah. And I'm like, this woman's in her 70s. Yeah. And she's excited to be here. She's excited to be singing this song. And you know what? The audience is feeling it. I'm feeling it because my bride's, you know, we're digging the song, but also I'm watching her kneel on stage. And I'm right. like, this is the greatest marriage seminar ever. Like yeah. Neil would, every song, Neil would go get a new guitar. Yeah. And he gets names for them. And so like, that's his thing, right? He like, he loves his guitars, right? So he goes, all right, here's, here's Genevieve. And then here's so-and-so. And he's just, he's just, in the moment with his bride of 40 something years playing these songs like it's the first time they've ever done it and they yeah. are blessing us we are blessing them and it was just this incredible experience and i'm like and i'm like they again some people get tired of their songs they never got tired of their song because of the impact and the joy and the blessing and it was like and I and they so inspired me because I'm like, that's what I want to be doing when I'm 70 years old. Yeah. That's what I'm doing when I'm 75, or you know, I think they're almost 80 now. And I'm just like, yeah, that's it. That and I so it's from a music component, right? But it it's that's sustainable, right? Versus yeah. you know, if Pat said, Well, if I could just go quadruple platinum, then it'll be good, right? It's like, yeah, yeah we did that. 
Well, now what? Well, if I could be the the most watched ever video on MTV. Okay, yeah, we did that. Okay, what now? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, hey, let's go play and do our thing. And they're pouring out joy. They're, in fact, every show they get younger. And I'm yeah. like, the secret. That is, it is. It's doing what you're, and Boz Gaz comes to mind because he was like, he pretty much quit the music business for a while because he said, he goes, you know, his pressure, pressure from his record company was so ridiculous. And he's like, they're like, you got to sell more records. He said, I sold 1.5 million records. When is it going to be enough? Like Mm. he didn't really care. He wanted to create good music Mm. and make a living, but um, it's just, they just press and press and press and you know, at times, I, I always go back to, you got to do what's right for your creative abilities. And like you said, to Pat and Neil, they not only love the music, but they they love each other's artistry. And yes. it's so apparent when you watch them, because I've seen them live, and it's like, it's so obvious. They're yes. fans of each other's work. Yes. And yeah. it, it's like, like you said, that's the perfect marriage. You know, it's yeah. like, couldn't get any better than that. Yeah. So I think if we if we all do that, if we all stay true to who we are as artists, creators, whatever we do, then uh, your chances of having a really happy uh, life are pretty good, you know? And keeping the checks and balances like we talked about, the self-observation, you know, the checks on, you know, where am I in my awareness? Am I, you know, am I reacting instead of, interpreting you know and we, we all get caught in that all the time all of a sudden i'm reacting to something so all of these things um that we've covered uh this evening are are pretty cool pretty cool tools i would say yes yeah yes <laughs> so um we got four minutes and 25 seconds um because i couldn't i couldn't get to my uh my new credit card yet <laughs> so zoom is still like spanking me so uh so why don't we t- when we talk about something cool on the way out and i'll give you plenty of time to do, do a send off um tell me what you're most excited about like what you're working on right now just without you know giving away anything in particular is there one thing that comes up Besides the kids, because I know that and, and your wife, that's the most um, precious things to your heart, Evan. But anything else as far as exciting uh, projects you want to share or just something you're working on? Oh, well, I, all of them. All of them. That's great. That's awesome. So I'll just hit them so I know there's other ADD visionaries out there that like to do yeah. a lot of stuff. And so, again, it takes one to know one, right, James? So, yeah. <laughs> Super excited about my bride and I's marriage of greatness movement. Yes. Where, again, we're looking for those couples that are not like, oh, we're going to get divorced tomorrow. But the couples that are like, hey, man, things are good, but I know they can be better. I want to get to greatness, right? Not yeah. good enough, but greatness. So you can go to marriageofgreatness.com if that resonates with you. Uh, for those that are into deep personal growth, like real deep personal growth, we do a men of greatness in-person deep dive mastermind where we spend all day play the phones and we just sit and go deep and do not leave. And really, uh, I've got an amazing, and actually the guy that gifted me the format that he's kind of licensed and gifted, he's from Tennessee. And we have a proprietary format that allows men to really just come in, take off their armor and really get real and grow, but in all areas. So in their health, in their finances, in their relationships, in their spiritual and their emotional growth. 
So if that resonates with you, we do that on a quarterly basis, small group, and it is fantastic. So you get the contact information uh, for me via the, you know, the end of your show notes and all that. And then yeah. the other thing, uh, yeah, my partner and I just launched is called IGWT. And you and I, James, know what that stands for. And if you don't, it's on the back of every piece of money that we have circulating in the United States. And it is a direct selling company. And we're excited about reimagining what you can do with direct selling. Reimagining, like, hey, taking away all the junk and the negativity, almost kind of like reimagining the music business. And so what if we created, yeah, what if we created the world's greatest relationship marketing company? What would that look like? So that website is IGWT, the number four, me.com. And there's some cool videos and other stuff on there. So those are some of the tip of the spear, most exciting things I'm working on, Jake. Awesome. Um, How about um, we do a little prayer uh, to pray us out here and celebrate this this not only this these two this two part podcast, but this uh, new friendship, which I feel so um, so blessed and and appreciative of. Absolutely, I love it. You gonna do it? You want me to do it? Yeah, you, yeah, you I'll, I'll do it if it's okay. Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this blessing. Thank you for connecting yes. Evan and I. Thank you for all the subjects that we covered, and uh, we hope this has been a blessing to people listening. All of the um, the things that you give us each and every day, especially the comforts, the food, the shelter, a place to sleep, things Mm -hmm. that many people in this world do not have. You take care of all of our needs, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of this. We we pray over um, Evan and his family, Susan and the kids, uh, to keep them healthy, keep them happy, and may you bless all of his businesses now and in the future. In Jesus' holy name, we give thanks and praise. Amen. 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 Hey, if you guys like what's going on here, please leave a great review in the Apple Podcasts. I've left a simple review process in the show notes and we'd really appreciate it. And also, don't be shy. Forward this to your best friend because you know they need it. Hey, if you need some coaching, hit up the link in the show notes. It's calendly.com forward slash dharmic and you can take a little chance with me, and I'll get you on your way. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery. If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery Ride on, ride on, baby, baby, you and I can find the key Ride on, ride on, we can unlock each other's destiny
each other's destiny I'll take you places that you've never seen I'll take you places that you never dreamed I'll take you places that were pictures in your mind I'll take you places Take a ride with me 